This is First Date Stories, the podcast, the show where women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond talk all about the first dates they've been on. From the wildly successful to the completely disastrous and everything in between. Here's your host, Jody Klein, founder of FirstDateStories.com. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in to this special episode of the podcast. It's a treat to have Sarika Jane as my guest on the show and to talk with her about how to find joy while dating. What an important topic. After all, who doesn't want joy in their lives? In an ideal world, the entire dating experience would be fun, you'd be exciting, and it would be joy-filled. But that's probably not how you and how most people would describe their dating lives all the time. It certainly wasn't how I felt about mine 24-7. Instead, given all the time dating can suck up when you're doing online dating and dating apps, it can feel like a second job. And we all know that dating can also be filled with emotional highs and lows, and those lows, they can drag us down. Even so, dating doesn't have to be approached as a chore. It can be approached joyfully. And Sarika is going to help us figure out how to make it that way. Before we get into that, I want to share with you a little about Sarika. Sarika Jane is a leader in love strategy and transformational coaching and is the creator of the Sacred Soulmate System. She's been called a relationship sorceress. Over the last 10 years, Sarika has dedicated her professional life to helping savvy and successful women like you heal their relationship with their inner selves so they can get on the path to finding love that lasts. Her unique approach encompasses everything from uncovering relationship patterns to practicing yoga, all with the goal of inspiring women to live the lives they've dreamed about, the lives that they and that you deserve. Sarika's background includes training in energy healing, yoga, meditation, conscious communication, psycho-spiritual counseling, and relationship counseling. I am honored that Sarika is the First Date Stories featured contributor. You can find Sarika's articles on a wide range of meaningful topics at firstdatestories.com. They cover such subjects as four reasons you attract unavailable men and how to deal with negative thinking when you're single. Welcome, Sarika. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jody. It is such a pleasure and an honor. Let's just dive in. I'm always curious about the professional and personal course that people's lives take that lead them to becoming either a relationship or a love coach. What's your story? Well, I became a relationship coach because that was the area that I struggled the most in (laughs) and the one that I was the most interested in. Around 10 years ago, I started coaching women as a side hustle of my day job in the area of love. You know, I just had this idea that if we have a positive mindset, if we're very strategic, if we're consistent in our actions, then we can create the relationship that we want. We can date in a healthy way and meet the man of our dreams. I was single at that time, but I was also just very optimistic about finding love. But I will say that I had somewhat of a type A 
framework. <laughs> the way I was looking at it, I was like, okay, if I go on five dates a week, of which two turn out to be second dates, of which one turns out to be a third date, you know, and I was just very like numbers oriented and it did almost feel like a second job. Yeah. Looking back, there was no joy in it. I mean, there was a lot of hope, but also I realized that some of my dating patterns were fear-based. I can understand. Fear creeps into the dating sphere a lot for everybody who's out in the dating world, making themselves vulnerable in the way that dating requires you to be. Yeah, exactly. It's vulnerable. And then, you know, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, and there was a lot of pressure for me to meet someone. My biological clock was ticking. And deep down, I mean, now I realize this, but then I didn't. But deep down, I had shame. I had guilt. I had fear of being unworthy. You know, like I had some underlying issues that I hadn't really resolved. So I I was dating from a place of scarcity and, you know, and also just being very ambitious and driven about it. And so it was when I got engaged to a wonderful man and he broke up with me after our engagement. And that was when I had a wake up call. It was almost as if I just wanted to end my life. Like I was just like, I'm just done. I'm done with this whole dating thing. I've gone on a hundred first dates. I've dated so many men. I've had my heart broken so many times. And I just seemed to be attracting the same patterns over and over. And I was just sick of it. Just done. And as I was crying in my sheets, a voice came from my heart that said I needed spiritual healing. And being in the corporate world, I had no idea what that meant. But the very next day, I encountered a spiritual coach. And she told me that I was blocked, that my heart was blocked, that my sacral chakra was blocked, and that I was almost like a magnet for heartbreak because of my toxic thinking. So I had no idea that that was the case because I was always this happy-go-lucky, go-getter, optimistic girl. And I didn't realize that I was carrying a load inside of me and trying to meet other people's expectations, trying to live a life based on the life that I saw my friends and peers having. And I, I somehow just always wanted to meet expectations of others. But I didn't realize that in doing that, I was settling in the process. So as I was kind of having this revelation, I went through a process of deep personal transformation. It was in that transformation as I was just facing my grief, my despair, my devastation after that breakup. And, you know, watching my life kind of just fall apart, my expectations fall apart something started opening and lifting inside of me. And I began meditation. I began yoga. I began, you know, exploring self-love and healing practices. And I began to have a deeper understanding of where my patterns were coming from. And just that awareness and, and learning about what love is, what joy is, what presence is, it, it, all of it just instilled this level of joy in me that I'd never felt before. And it was in that process that I began to, you know, just start under, you know, going out and having fun, like having 
a sense of freedom within me, going to events that I'd never been to before, kind of like dating myself, learning like what turns me on, what gives me pleasure and, you know, sort of exploring other aspects of myself that I'd kind of hidden in a box because I was trying to be this perfect girl, you know, this perfect woman. And, you know, in that process of self-discovery and healing, I began to just attract men everywhere. Like I'd go to an event and a really awesome guy would ask me out and he was definitely much better than the guys I was attracting before. And in that process, I met my husband in a meditation circle. And I do think he was very attracted to this joy that I was emanating. That was so pivotal for me in terms of how I wanted to live my life. And that was a word that connected us both, the word joy. Joy is such a powerful concept. What do you mean when you describe joy? What is your definition of joy? I think my definition of joy is being turned on, being turned on by myself, my life, um, being grateful, finding joy in other people's happiness. So, you know, in Buddhism, they call it sympathetic joy, where you're truly just happy for someone else and their happiness. Um, and it's, it's a state of being. It's, it's one of presence and sort of a freedom, a freedom from heavy thoughts, heavy feelings. So I would say joy is just this, you know, it's a state of being in which you just feel uh, connected. Were you cognizant of how you felt at this stage, walking into those events, going into those rooms versus how you felt before you had this self-healing uh, experience? I was conscious of it. I did feel the sense of freedom within me, like, oh, wow, maybe I don't need to meet a partner to be happy. I mean, it would be lovely to meet my soulmate. I didn't have that sense of urgency anymore. And I was just willing to be more playful. So I think just having that playful attitude really did help me. Like I, I was cognizant that I wasn't taking everything as seriously as I did before. Would you say that you, through this process, fell in love with the, the true you, the real you? Yeah, that's exactly it. I was falling in love with the real me. I was falling in love with life. It was almost like an enchantment. You spoke about you and your husband meeting around joy, mm -hmm. <laughs> being the center the, mm -hmm. of what attracted the two of you. Mm -hmm. uh, can you speak a little bit more about that? And then also why joy is so important while dating. Yeah. I don't know what it is about that word. And, and the Sanskrit word is mudita. So we were both like, mudita, that's it. Because I think we've grown up in heavy cultures. Like we're both Indian. There's a lot of expectations on people, on young people, on men, on women. And we were, you know, we just never thought that you could lead a life that was in the present moment and one that was about like holding space for each other and 
self-awareness and joy and and that life could be enjoyed through the simple pleasures and we both really loved exploring that while we were dating each other so the irony is that we weren't like dating the first time we met we got to know each other we became friends and he started to let me know that he was interested and of course i was like you know a little wary i was dating other men I was afraid of commitment, but I was still trying to be present and joyful with anyone that I was hanging out with. So it, it wasn't even just about him. It was about like how I wanted to approach life and the people that I interacted with. And I think that sense of goodwill and generosity and presence and kindness, you know, it became a basis in our relationship. Those core values are what resonated for both of us. And joy was that for us. Joy was one of them for us. You know, after going through my own process of being a dating coach, offering, you know, finding love within my life, having my heart broken, and then learning how to find love and joy within myself, and then meeting my soulmate, I realized that I had something special to offer to women And that was about integrating all these experiences and creating a process for women to date and attract love in a conscious, joyful way. And that's what I currently offer as a love and relationship coach. When women are out in the dating world, they're not always feeling joyful. There are roadblocks when you're single and dating. Can you speak to what some of those roadblocks are and how women can take action to find that joy within and with the person they're dating? Absolutely. That's a great question. I mean, let's be honest, right? When you're single, all your fears of being unworthy or fears of scarcity or, you know, kind of like not having the love that you've always been dreaming about, because let's face it, all of us have dreamt about having romantic lifelong partnerships. I mean, most women I meet dream about that, right? So when we don't have it, we don't have the experience of it. When we've gone through heartbreak after heartbreak, or, you know, the reality is the biological clock's ticking, it can create a sense of scarcity. It can create fears, you know, like fears of like, what if I end up alone, which is probably the number one fear that women have, right? Um, And then kind of like the sense of guilt, the shame, this overwhelm that dating can bring. So many women that I coach are ethnic in background, you know, or even if they're non-ethnic, they're still concerned about the same things. You know, my parents want to see me find someone. My mom calls me all the time. When are you going to meet someone? So the expectations can feel really heavy for women. And finally, I think the big elephant in the room is if a woman wants to have her own child, biological child, and she, you know, when she reaches the ages of 30s or 40s, she is looking for Mr. Right. And it can seem that the realization of that dream can seem further and further away, right? So all of these create a lack of joy while dating. It can make 
dating feel like a chore or something we have to do. Based on what you said, though, overcoming fear, the fear of being alone, is one of the ways to find the joy within, to find who you are, right? Isn't, and, and be at peace with who you are. That, that cult helps you cultivate joy from within, does it not? So in my case, it was my fears becoming true that helped me on that path. You know, it was finally facing the reality that, um, you know, even though my worst nightmare came true, which is I was single after a broken engagement and I went through the process of grieving and sort of self-discovery that you're right, that is when I actually started to see joy glimmer, you know, showing its, its light in my life. So in a way, you're right, like facing our fears can be the path to joy. But I would say it's not easy to do that. Because, you know, if it's just us, if, if a woman is doing this alone without any support, the fears can become overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I understand. Yes. Yeah. Yes, this is not easy stuff. This is not easy stuff. And it actually is all related to childhood wounds, you know, or wounds from past relationships that add up and just keep, it's almost like a trauma that's built up in the body. So it's not even a conscious thing or an analytical thing. It's it's body-based trauma that gets stored up. And that's unfortunately how most of us what most of us have when we're out there and dating. So what are the keys to finding joy while you're dating and becoming a more joyful dater? Great question. Well, I have five keys to actually enjoy the dating process and to becoming a joyful dater. So the first one is presence, right? Being focused on being in the present moment. It's, it's the hardest skill to cultivate, by the way. <laughs> I remember, you know, I was always stuck between the past and the future and always thinking about my future, right? And so when I would go on a date, I would already be wondering, is he the one? You know, are we going to have like two kids together? <laughs> is he like yes. going to be successful enough, right? And I get that, that. yes. Yeah, and that kills the energy and the potential of the date, you know? And so, and, and it's a turnoff, right? It's a turnoff for the man. It's a turnoff for yourself, right? It's hard to feel turned on if you're in your head thinking about the past or the future. So I, I really think that cultivating presence and learning to, you know, find that stillness and that joy within yourself is first and foremost. Okay. Makes sense. It also puts so much pressure on the person you're out with, even subconsciously, as well as pressure on yourself uh, Absolutely. When, when you're not in the present, when you're projecting into the future. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And, and along with that, I mean, I would say view dating as a self-awareness and a self-discovery journey, right? So when you're out dating guys observe like what patterns are coming up for you why do you react the way you do what fears are arising and so you know that takes the pressure off of 
how he's behaving, um, you know, whether he's the one. And it's more around, wow, like, how can I use this process to, A, enjoy myself more, right? Um, when I, I, I still think about the dates I've gone on in the past, you know, before I got married, and I had so many fabulous ones, right? Maybe they weren't with Mr. Right, but they were still fun and eye-opening. And then the second is, you know, if you are working with a therapist or a coach, you can use the process of dating to bring awareness to your thought patterns, your behaviors. And so you, each time you learn about your triggers and, you know, kind of become a better person, become, a be become the lover that you want to attract, right? Then the chances of you meeting Mr. Right keep getting higher as well. Can you go into that a little more? Because I'm not entirely following you in terms of bringing awareness to your thought processes. What, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So, you know, for example, I remember I used to, um, I used to be kind of controlling. <laughs> um, I used to be very judgmental of men and, um, and I wasn't even aware that I was. And I, and I also had a lot of self-critical thoughts. I would, and, and I've noticed that this is a pattern for so many women. Our thoughts are, you know, negative and self-critical. And so just noticing what thoughts are arising while you're dating is so important because then you're able to kind of go back and diagnose like, What's, what's coming up for you? What patterns are you creating? You know, I, some of my thoughts had to do with unworthiness, I, which I didn't realize was so prominent in my thinking that I, I was afraid that I was getting too old, that there weren't any, you know, men out there left that were my age. So then when I would go out on a date, I would just feel like, I would just feel critical of the, of the men I was out on a date with. And, and so those were all self-sabotaging behaviors that really just zapped the joy mm -hmm. in the dating process and didn't allow me to just be present and open and curious. When your thought process went in that direction, what things did you do to shut that down? Yeah, so the most important thing is to cultivate presence outside of dating. So meditation, mindfulness, being in nature, reducing your thoughts. I mean, becoming aware of your thoughts in the first place. All of these are important practices to start bringing yourself to the present moment. First key is presence, being mm -hmm. focused in the moment and aware of your thought process and the mm -hmm. negative talk. What is the second key to bringing joy into your dating life? Sure. So the second key is date more than one man. Aha. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, women have this misconception that once they find a good guy or the, the guy that they think is Mr. Right, they can take their profiles down and they can just focus on this one guy, this one relationship. And I just think that's a huge no-no. There's several reasons. 
The first one is that you put a lot of pressure on yourself in the relationship when you do that. And it starts creating all your fear-based patterns, you know, like, oh my God, why hasn't he called me? Is he rejecting me? Like, is he seeing other women? And, you know, like the thoughts, you know, start going haywire when you're just focusing on this one person. And I'm talking about early, like the early parts of dating someone. Okay. So I would say, you know, no matter what, make time to go out with multiple men. Like you don't have to commit to anyone, I believe for six months, but every woman is different. Like some women I coach meet a guy and they're sure the moment that they meet the guy that they want to be with him and they take their profiles down and that's fine. That's totally up to you. But I would say in general, use this opportunity of being single to date multiple men and get to know yourself in the process, you know, like what's really important to you, you know, and it also allows you to feel joyful because you're not feeling pressured or the, or the person isn't feeling pressured in the process. Because you're not putting it, everything on that one Exactly. Uh, yeah. Relationship, that one interaction. I shouldn't even say it's a relationship because it hasn't even started to be a relationship exactly. probably. It's yeah. just, uh, you know, hanging out with somebody, getting to know them. It's a night out and it's an afternoon out. It's something along those lines. Absolutely. I remember when I first started dating Christian, I told him, you know, I'm dating other guys and you should feel free to date other women too. And he was surprised, but I, I know that like, he thought I was super hot and sexy for, <laughs> <laughs> for being so open and carefree about it, you know, that I wasn't just settling for him because he checked the boxes on my list, that I was actually exercising my right to enjoy getting to know different men. Yeah, being out and about and living your life and having fun and exactly. and not having waiting at home fun. for him to call or text <laughs> or, or stop by or something. Totally. So yeah, it makes you even more sexy to men when you are dating other men. Like men know this. So what is the third key then to finding joy while you're dating? Yeah, the third key is to be yourself. So many of us are conditioned to just talk a certain way, behave a certain way with men and, and not really share authentically what's coming up for us. And I know that some of it requires skill, right? Like how you communicate effectively. Most of us haven't grown up in a household where our parents communicated effectively. So we don't know how to communicate. And so a lot of times women don't share their truth. They don't share their vulnerabilities. They don't share their needs or their feelings. And so that can zap the joy as well because you're hiding, you're repressing your, your different sides of yourself, you know, and you're not able to just, you know, like be yourself. And when you're yourself, another person can feel free to be themselves. It's almost like you're giving permission to another person to be themselves as well, which is very liberating, very freeing. I remember when I started dating more joyfully, I would invite guys to events that I thought were cool, that the guy might not have thought was cool, but he came along because I wanted to do it, you know? So I was trying to just be more of myself rather than previously I would 
like kind of expect a guy to wine and dine me on his terms, you know, like show me, like take me to a nice restaurant and, you know, have a glass of wine, have some food. It was very structured and kind of, you know, like a boxed experience, like an experience that wasn't really truly me. To be authentically yourself can be very challenging for people. So you're asking listeners to to take a big leap there to make themselves vulnerable. Yeah, like finding ways of, you know, expressing your authentic self. It is a skill and it is a process, like you're saying. So I agree. Like, I don't think, um, I, I agree that it shouldn't be taken so lightly, that it is a process to be honored, like how to find your authentic self, how to, you know, how to share it with others. The way you described it, it speaks to self-confidence because you were Mm -hmm. asking men to do things with you that you wanted to do regardless of whether or not they were coming with you. Yeah. And I think that's an important point. So 86% of girls, and, and this is a statistic I read, I don't remember if it's entirely accurate, but a large number of girls grow up with low self-esteem. And that's part of our culture right now where we're kind of, as women, we, um, you know, we're taught to be self-effacing. We're taught to be critical of ourselves. And low self-esteem is a challenge that so many women face, even the smart, beautiful, successful women that I meet. So I found that building one's self-esteem and self-confidence and really owning your sexy, authentic, true self is the gateway to just bringing more authenticity into dates. It helps you be yourself. Yeah, and helps you be yourself unapologetically. I love that, unapologetically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's how we all should be living. So let's move to the fourth ingredient, the fourth key to to finding joy while you're dating. So the fourth key is to enjoy the dates and don't take dating too personally. Ah, this is so important. I have to say, so essential to be able to date for a long time. You can't take it personally. Please share your thoughts about how one doesn't take it personally when it is such a personal thing to be doing. You know, one thing we don't realize is that rejection is part of the dating game, right? We're, we're going to keep experiencing rejection, either rejecting men or them rejecting us until we finally meet Mr. Right, right? So everyone faces rejection, men and women. So it's not personal. Dating isn't personal. It's just the process. It's a very vulnerable process in which you are finally meeting the partner that is right and compatible for you. So in that vein, it's important to create the mindset that when a guy doesn't call you back, or if you don't, you know, if you feel like you want to end things with a man, it's okay. It's it's not the end of the world. It's, it's something that's an important part of the process. I once met a woman who refused to go on dates because she was so afraid of rejecting men. 
and being rejected. And I was like, listen, you have nothing to lose. It's, it's part of the process. And if you can just go on a date without any expectations and just have a fun, good time, then you'll end up being able to just show up on a date joyfully. The other thing is that I talk about like not writing off men for superficial reasons. As long as you don't take each date to be so serious and so personal, then you can go on multiple dates with a guy and you might, who knows, like maybe on a third or fourth date, you'll find that you have some resonance with him. Be out there and enjoying just being with someone doing something together is what I hear you saying. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, like if you aren't interested in a man, it's okay to let him know. Um, It's, you know, I think women are afraid of saying no to a man. We've been like kind of conditioned to not hurt men or to not say no to men. And And in reality, I think a man will understand if you guys just don't resonate. And and as long as you say it in a compassionate way. Do you have any tips on words to use (laughs) on how to do that? I think that's really important, right? You You can tell a guy, look, I really enjoyed meeting you. I mean, be honest about it, right? Maybe Maybe you did actually enjoy meeting someone, going on a date with them. But you could say, you know, I just don't think our values resonate or that we resonate right now. And that's it. Like, I I just don't think it has to be a longer explanation than that. Stay away from the, I just want to be friends line, or or do you recommend women use that line still? No. (laughs) I mean, if you don't want to be friends, you don't have to be friends. If you do want to be, then sure, say that. And, And listen, like maybe this guy that you've gone on a date with could be good for another friend of yours. You never know right? So again, like just treating each man as a human being, he's not an object, you're not an object, right? We're each sentient beings who deserve compassion. You know, he's being vulnerable just like you. So having compassion for him, having compassion for yourself, and, you know, and being honest is totally okay. And in that, in that vein, you won't, you won't take the whole process so seriously. That is great advice. Do you have another key to finding joy while dating? The fifth key is to clear your inner blocks. And that I think is so important. When I was dating before, I didn't realize that I had so much built up, you know, heaviness in my heart um, and that I wasn't really open to men as I thought I was. I was kind of distrustful. So having that block within me made me create patterns with men that were very painful. So it's really important that in the process of dating, you are aware of the patterns that you're seeing and possibly if you can work with a therapist or coach to help uncover these patterns and release those patterns so that you can start to attract higher vibrational men and feel more free, more goddessy while you're dating. And I think it's, it's like, it's law of attraction in the end, right? It's like, if you're open, if your heart's open, if you really are true to yourself, if you're joyful, you're on the path to meeting Mr. Right. And that's the path we want everybody listening to this 
conversation to be on. Listen, you're a magnificent woman. Like any woman who's listening to this podcast needs to know that they are absolutely magnificent, right? You are worthy of beautiful, lifelong soulmate love. And when you really step into your radiance, when you really step into how to be joyful, you can begin to be on the path of attracting um, a man that you can practice joy together with. And I think that's what we all want. That is what we all want. Those of us who are looking for that lifelong partner, that lifelong companionship. So let's recap because you've covered five keys to finding joy while dating. So Mm -hmm. if you could quickly recap what those five are. The first one is to stay focused on the present moment. Okay, so cultivating presence in your life. The second one is to date more than one man. So date multiple men. While dating multiple men, just enjoy that process. The third tip is to be free to be yourself. So feel free to be yourself. Be authentic, be honest. Bring your whole self into the dating process. The fourth tip is to enjoy the dates and don't take dating personally. And the fifth one is to clear your inner blocks around love. Thank you for sharing those five ingredients to finding joy. You've given us great detail on them. You've given us actions that we can take to bring those elements to life in our lives. Now, I know you have a quiz and you created this quiz to help women learn about their goddess archetype is. And I know you spoke earlier about feeling more goddessy. And I guess this quiz helps women figure out what type of men they're attracting. Could you tell us more about this quiz and and where women can find it? So I created this fun quiz where women can find out their Indian goddess archetype and get an understanding of like what patterns they seem to be facing with men and how attractive and magnetic you are to men and sort of just tips for how to approach your love life. So it's almost like a a little bit of a fun love assessment. And you can find the quiz on my website if you just go to www.sarikajane.com and I'll just spell that out www.sarikajane.com. And I have a a link to my Love Magnet quiz up top. Listeners will also be able to find that link on firstdatestories.com in the show notes section on the page where they will find this episode. For the women who are listening and want to learn more about you and your practice and what else you have going on, what should they do? Well, I would say the number one thing is to go onto my website and take the quiz. And I'm based out of New York, but I take clients across the country. I offer complimentary discovery sessions. And so you can apply for a discovery session through my website and you'll see a link to that on my website. Thank you so much, Sarika, for 
such thoughtful and such actionable advice. I really have enjoyed having you on the program with me today. And I'm so glad that I could join this conversation today. Thank you so much, Jody, for this opportunity. Thanks for listening to this episode. First Date Stories provides inspiration, camaraderie, and support for single, divorced, and widowed women in their late 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. Please visit our website at firstdatestories.com, where you'll find all our podcast episodes, articles, our Ask a Coach column, and other helpful resources that all have to do with dating in midlife and celebrating singledom. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, you can find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest. And now for a quick run through of the legalese. This podcast is for general information and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as professional advice for our listeners. We suggest that you always consult with your own personal coaches and advisors. First Aid Stories does not recommend or endorse or object to the views or topics expressed on this podcast. Also, the names of the guests are changed for privacy purposes. This podcast is produced and edited by Kim Poletti and Lisa Gray of Sound Mind Productions and is brought to you by Espoir Ventures. First Aid Stories is here to help you be your best you, to cheer you on, and to keep you going on first dates because beyond your next first date may be the long-term love you're seeking.